All right, all right, all right. And you know, to do the introductions, of all course, right. coming from what? What happened? Oh, coming from the world of Eternia, we have Aranya Mist. Hola. Coming from the world of Thundara, we have Neon Xerxes. Oh yeah. We have, we have from the pirate world of Mur, Cosmic Boss, aka Cosmic Nerd Life, aka Boss Carter. We don't swim in dark water around here. And of no. course, you have myself flying in from Mega Cat City, none other than Scooter Ray. Oh, so, so how's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? Good, good. It's Friday, feeling good, feeling great. I just How had you? Oh, and before we get started, we got a special. Okay. All right, let's go. Almost got it. All right, so today's today's broadcast is brought to you by Total Home Booty Wipes. For those times after you have taken a life changing rancid duke and you don't want your sit down wing wind to stink total home booty wipes have your butthole smelling like lavender all right and shit isn't let me let me regain composure oh <laughs> uh, yeah, i wasn't expecting that well, <laughs> <I'm no. playing. laughs> so, so to my fellow ninjas, uh, Xerxes and Araya, have y'all ever heard of the term Hicks babies? Mm -mm. <laughs> no. All right. Well, the other day when Boss and I were doing his mic test, Mrs. Yep. Ladybug decided to regale us with a tale of this doctor named Thomas Hicks in McKaysville, Georgia back in the 1950s, he was responsible of over 200 babies being illegally sold. And what happened was, what he was doing was, well, okay, so the reason why the story broke out was in 97, the youngest of the Hicks babies found her birth certificate and realized the, her birthday and the birth on the certificate was off. And it was from this clinic, the Hicks Clinic. So basically what Mr. Hicks was doing, what Dr. Hicks was doing, he was basically doing abortions or stillborn, whatever, literally taking them out from, from, from the mom to the back door. So late term abortions. Yes. Literally selling yeah. these babies in the fifties from, from up to 800 to a thousand dollars. All Boston I could think was this man was a true villain. Cause he this was man, selling live babies to people that couldn't have them or wanted them for whatever yes. reason. Yeah. And he never faced justice for it. Cause now, nobody found out till 97. And he died in like 78. <laughs> He died in wow. 78. Yeah. So he got away with this. So there's a, so it's a TLC documentary called Snatched. No, I think it's Taken at Birth. It's Taken on Amazon birth. Prime. If anybody wants to see it, it's like six bucks mm. for like three episodes. When I tell y'all, 
this was some maniacal shit. So for some reason, Akron, Ohio was like the supply chain because most of the babies grew up in Akron, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There was a few other here and there. And there was a woman, Jane Blasio. She was the one in 97 that discovered, you know, she was a Hicks baby. And then when the scandal broke, all these other people were like, hey, my birth certificate says Hicks clinic too. So mm. the bad part about this was, of course, she was the youngest Hicks baby born in like 65. So a lot of people were trying to find their real parents, but of course, all of them being older and of course, right. trying to trace who it was because this was the other villainy. He would give them the baby. Like, I mean, blood, everything still on the baby. Give it to them. They take them to wherever. And then they would have to come back and get the falsified birth certificate. So they would already have the names of the new parents on the birth certificates and everything. And literally, that's what that's what Boston and I was saying the whole time was like, unfortunately, this was a villain who won. Yes. Yeah, he like, had a business. He, he had a whole business. But his thing, that's not the craziest part. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's more. It's a oh, lot, lot a more. Lot. Wait, wait, there's more. The town <laughs> of McKaysville, Georgia, which I researched the town, no more than 2,000 people really lived in this town. This man was mad protected. Mad protected. He even, it was even discovered later on in the documentary, he even covered up. See, just like Mrs. Ladybug just come and it, it was so good. He even covered up some of the people in the town who had babies. He was buying property. And since abortions were illegal in Georgia, he was getting them to come to his clinic, get the abortion. Like I said, take the baby out. Cause most people reported that almost most, almost all the babies were like four pounds. Mm -hmm. So there was a good chance that some of these babies didn't even survive. Oh no! Especially with the technology back then. Especially with the technology back then, and he was buying all these properties, getting these women to stay there. There was even reports that he might have fathered some of them. We don't know. He sold his own children. There was reports that he was telling women that they were stillborn, that the babies might have died. They said the other, and he was whoop shipping them out. And all we could think about was this is true villainy right here. I mean, it sounds smart to me. I know y'all gonna be like, uh, and I'm the girl, but these people come in for abortions. So technically, you're not killing the babies, you're giving them to a better home. Now there aren't NICUs because I don't really think you could just be like, Oh, here's a random baby that I didn't have. Can I take it to the NICU if they had a box that they would put the baby in with some oxygen? So, I don't know. He sound pretty oh, yeah. sure. And just like Mrs. Ladybug there said, too, some of the babies who might have died or whatever, there, there was a river out back. He was kind of just like, hey, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, what was he supposed to do with them? At least he didn't make them into sandwiches. That is true. Now, well, look, yeah. where they live, where they live. Is in the Appalachians with the blue folk. Oh well, they did make them in the sandwich. 
Your comment also contains an episode of X Files where Billy Drago played. He came. His character was from Appalachia, but he was like a was did folk magic. He was in town for revenge, but homeboy didn't even know what a microwave was. That's how like deep in the country he lived. No. And oh, they figured out his first to do his magic, they figured out he needed a totem. He went and dug up the body of his daughter that died. Had it in in the room he was renting. Had it in there. Used her body as the as the totem to do yeah. his magic. Yeah. Shit. Well, okay. But um, yeah, like if y'all ever watched the Tiger King documentary of how it splintered and split into so many different things. That's what this did, and mm-hmm. they never explain why he because they because they never really talked to the man himself like like discussed the man himself really, but they never explain why the theory might have been his son couldn't have kids, so maybe this was his way to try to give his son a child, which he did, mm-hmm. but I guess it ended up turning into a business because it kind of turned into a. I know a friend of a friend who can get you that baby if you I willing mean, to pay the money. Yeah, but I mean, it's, if if something is outlawed, like uh, and you make a speakeasy because it ain't no alcohol, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a business. Like it became lucrative. If you found something that you could do, and it yes. became lucrative, you'd be like, well, I mean, shit, it works. And because, I mean, like, I'm not killing anybody. But yeah, so like like when we when I was hearing this and we were going over this during the mic test earlier, I Miss Ladybug had rationale that it was like he was selling them for like a thousand plus, which in the documentary they confirmed between eight hundred and a thousand. Mm-hmm. I had looked up the median cost of a house in the fifties and sixties. Four thousand eight hundred dollars to buy a brand new house. Living lovely. <laughs> Right, that means he sells five babies. He has a new house. Right, and, like and all these people like, I want abortion. Okay, <laughs> like I said, he had mad property in that city. Hell yeah, he could buy it. Like he had mad property. <laughs> I mean, you just sound like a smart businessman to me. I mean, yeah, you told these like, people they were getting abortions, but I mean, during that time, you know. It's outlawed, so it's not like oh we do it. What what you gonna do? You gonna sue? He took my baby and sent it over. Maybe there was a, a low baby count in Ohio. And that, that was the other thing I guess that wasn't explained too. It was why from McKaysville, Georgia, all the way to Akron, Ohio. Like what was the what was that pipeline about? Well, because maybe they're about nine maybe, hours away driving time. I think it that has to be like you know he didn't want to get caught. Like, you know, if you commit a crime and you have to dispose of evidence, you ain't going to just throw it outside your window. Like, you know, here, take this, get the fuck out of my state. <laughs> like, just go no, get look, it. It could have been like his cousin no. live all the way there. Think about Red Dead Redemption. You got to get on your horse and go real far to get to the next area. So it's like, okay, your cousin live in Ohio and we not having babies like that over in Ohio. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. so there's a supply and a demand. That's what I see. It's like, oh, well, shit. If I can get a point, and that's another point Mrs. Ladybug did bring up 
only some of the women wanted abortions. Mm-hmm. Some of them legitimately thought that their they baby died right. stillborn and this, that, and the other. Yeah. So it wasn't like every woman wanted an abortion. Some women did want to keep their babies, but when he lied and said, oh, no, nah, your baby was stillborn, because because she had talked to a doctor in there, and they were saying with a small weight of like every child, that it had to be at least 32 to 34 weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was just the fact that, and the thing was like showing that like they were showing like pictures of this man and everything. He didn't look like the type typical evil guy like that. Like he just looked like a. It depends on your definition of evil. Cause like if you true. look at him, true. <laughs> if you look that's at him, true. he looked like he, he, he either ran liquor in like Chicago that he might have called everyone in here a ninja. But switch around some letters. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And in the le- in like one of the final photos of him, he looked like he was a sheriff on the border in Arizona, if you get my drill. Yeah. Like nobody had nothing <laughs> bad big to say old white, his name. Big but giant white day, cowboy hat, white collared shirt, old white he, he man. Started Just, off with the abortions and then when he saw it was lucrative these people coming in he's like well i'm gonna give her some pitocin and tell her she's dehydrated and oops she's giving birth oh no it's stillborn because i mean come on you start making that money people start doing things because mm-hmm. everybody that's what, want it, turned into. That's what yeah. it turned into it turned into i mean if you was giving eight to thousand dollars i mean literally the one so one of the women was still alive that said that she got one and she was like literally she knew a woman who did it next thing you know she got a call hey i got a baby girl down here for you for a thousand dollars come on through huh. i just did the you i know. just converted that thousand dollars 1950 today would be about eleven thousand one hundred sixty nine dollars hey that sounds like a cushy life to me Ooh. ain't nobody gonna check you about it you good? Mm-hmm. You like this? We gonna I'll keep be selling them cheering too. Just and, and think about it. He's a man. He I'll got be, semen, so he like. Let me try to get some more babies out this deal. I'll be like the cool cup lady in every hood. Like you come on <laughs> around here. Come on around here. I got what you need. Candy uh-huh. like down later fifty cents. Babies a thousand dollars. Come get what you want. <laughs> and the first adoption agency. Mm. It may have been off some false preachers, but they got baby babies. Yeah. Right, like, mm. Mm-mm. but yeah, that's so, very interesting. Taking at birth or taking at birth season one because because there's many people want a season two because I guess the show premiered I think in 2019 or 2020. So many people want a season two because at the end of the season there was more things unraveled. But yeah, taking at birth, it's on Amazon Prime for six bucks for all three episodes. It's worth watching because it was just like what is happening but yeah and with that being said what everybody came for today of course is the topic okay so we're gonna let miss aranya give us this topic okay and you know i don't even have the paper to ask the question you asked I mean, the, the ticker if you want it on the ticker yeah um <laughs> jesus if you can meet anyone, past, present, or future, real or fictional, who would it be and why? This question was posed by my daddy, 
happy Father's Day, Daddy. <laughs> um, he he said that in some research in life, he came across this question in school, and people would say some of the craziest, weirdest things. And he said he thought it would be a very interesting topic for us to discuss. And I agreed. And I brought it to the guys, and they said, "Yeah, let's do this." So mm, I got for past, present, and future on my end. I do too. I may have. A I have it. On I have it as well. I have it uh, for both nonfiction and fictional. Uh, all three. I got quite a bit. Okay, so Daddy Aranya proud. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> kick it off for us. What did you say? I said, do you want to kick it off for us? Sure. Are we going to go past and then go around? Yeah. Or? yeah. Okay. okay. So um, I hope this isn't a trigger for anyone that is watching. However, if I could meet, and I have two for this one. If I could meet anyone from the past, the first person would be my maternal great-grandfather. Um, we really, really don't know that much about him. His ethnicity where he was from, what he liked to do, did he have other family, like, and, you know, in families, you get to know, like, your grandmother or your great whoever or whatever, and it's just like, who is this person? He's like a question mark mystery. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know if he was short or tall or whatever. I mean, you know, we can do ancestry all night and all day. I've done that. <laughs> but, you know, I would love to have been able to meet him and ask him some questions like, how did you meet my great-grandmother? Like, was she looking right? Like, what, what was going on, you know? Because we know that he was not of African descent. That's what we know. So, you know, of course, back in those days, I'm talking about my great-grandparents, it was kind of like, how did you feel? You know, like, I live a life that is very different from everybody else, so I can understand like how you'd be looked at as like, you like, who? What? What adversity did you face? Did you? Is she the only person of African descent that you had interest in, or is that just your vibe? Like, I would love, love, love to have been able to meet him and like find out these things. You know, my second person, okay. shut up, boss, is Queen Nefertiti. I would love to have met her. I do have North African ancestry, which is really exciting. I wanted to see what they call beautiful because she was supposed to be the most beautiful. And like, what happened to her? Like, what happened? Like, where is she? Why can't we find your your body? Like, what's going on? Where is your sarcophagus? We want to, the inquiring minds want to know. And I want to know what it was like to be a queen back then. Shut up. Did she shave her head and wear the wigs? Did she wear eyeliner or was she totally natural? You know, did she use the coal for her eyes or was she was just like, nah, I'm good. You know, some of the female queens dressed as pharaohs sometime, you know, to try to keep up appearances. Did she have to do that? Like, what was that like? You know, like, what was it like to live during that time and rule during that time and then be considered beautiful by, like, everybody? Like, so, yeah. Don't judge. <laughs> That's all you had just us two? Yes. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go ahead and drop it in here. All right. Oh. All right. So it's not a one person 
this will be a group of people. I don't know a lot about the event. I tried to peek, I peeked in a little bit today and I've already knew about the event prior to today. And um, I peeked at it like on Wikipedia, I found out that this event happened more than one time. I would like to be present at the Council of Nicaea. So the Council of Nicaea, uh, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, you know, like uh, around, I know your dad who probably can shed more light into it. A good, to my understanding, it, that's where a lot of the, for lack of better terms, rules and traditions, traditions of Christianity were decided upon. So like for instance, the date of Easter was decided there. I don't know, and also some issues of doctrine were discussed. And I guess we could say that for those who are Christians, that a lot that was done in, in that council, and also they had a second one, they had many other ones. A lot that we understand and do today were probably decided at these councils. So the question I'd like to know is like, why? What was going on at that time that these decisions were made? You know, what it was it something about the books of the Bible that y'all contended about? You know, uh, what were these other doctrines that was causing such an issue that y'all wanted to get straight? You know, now I don't know because you no, know, I'm a Protestant. I don't know how this would have affected the Protestant world. Uh, really, in hindsight, I don't know how this would have affected the Catholic world. But still, you know, it's probably laid a lot of groundwork for what Christians today do. So it would also it will warrant some research. You probably be surprised. It'll be a rabbit hole. I would say it'll be a scary rabbit hole because you probably find things that you didn't know were there. And let's be let's be honest. We all adults. You could find something that shake your belief. Yeah, and undo a lot of belief as well. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because you know, while you know, on the subject, as we know that, well, some people know, some people may not know. You know, um, I found this out a couple of years ago uh, from a TV show. Might have been on the History Channel, Discovery. I don't know, but what caught my attention was the name of the show. It was called "Banned from the Bible." Mm-hmm. I see that. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Check that out. It was talking about these other biblical books that are not in the official canon of the Bible that we know. Now, here's the thing. I think in Catholicism, they may use books that are not included in the King James Version. And I think maybe the Eastern Orthodox Church may do the same. I don't know for certain. I think so. That maybe Catholicism and maybe Eastern Orthodox may use it. We're talking about things like um, First and Second Enoch from the Old Testament. That's not the King James Version. And I looked at a little bit of First Enoch, very interesting. Told a story about a group of angels who rebelled against God by taking human wives. And also the other things they taught man how to read the stars, the cutting of roots, how to make weapons, things like that. And if you look in Genesis 6, uh, those uh, half-breed children were giants. So very interesting things. I'm not going to keep going down that rabbit hole, but to piggyback off of uh, Irania, it probably 
it would have been cool if I was able to talk to uh, my paternal grandfather because also he came up in that questionable, questionable time. I think he was born. Oh, I'm glad that you said that too because if it shows, that was Mrs. Ladybug's answer. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, because coming out of that questionable time, and also given the fact that for all intents and purposes, he was a white guy. However, the man that he knows that was his father figure, or that the man whose last name he bears is a black man. Mm-hmm. To my understanding, an ex-slave. You know, and uh, that's the man that raised him. So, and then my grandfather, uh, of course, he married a black woman. You know, in that difficult time period, and had children in that difficult time period. So, I like to know what did he know of his biological father. I mean, we know some stories, and I really can't say on stream because it could be a contentious issue. Not because of the subject matter that I'm speaking of, but because of who his paternal grand, his biological father may have been. It's like a known person in certain mm. So it could cause some contention. So I should really do ancestry to see if any of that person's uh, descendants pop up, because I can even further confirm that what we think is actually right. But to pick his brain, to see what was it like looking the way he does, and you coming up in a black man's house. Mm-hmm. Because if you really want to think about it, that means that even though you were, if you want to really be really pinpoint, he was half white have Native American, because his mother was a Native American. His mother was actually, the man that he called dad was his wife, my, uh, which would be essentially my great-grandmother mm-hmm. on my dad's side. So, but to see, like, how did you feel? Yeah. You know, um, what? how did you feel toward when you, because when you found out who your biological father was, what was going through your mind, mm-hmm. you know? What was going through your mind when you married, you know, my grandmother? You know, and you had, I mean, what was it like? You know, I mean, of course I could ask, you know, you know, my my, my living aunts and my uncle, you know, what was it like growing up then? But then him as a as a white guy, for all intents and purposes, with his black wife and these biracial children, you know, or triracial, if you really want to pinpoint it out, get technical about it, what was it like? In the Jim Crow South, mm-hmm. no ways in these You know, I mean, it's, it's like you got a foot in three worlds. Like, what was it like? Yeah. What kind of difficulties that you have? I mean, I heard remember one story that of a neighbor who made a mistake and got to talking too much, uh, and my grandfather lashed out at him. He, the neighbor, you know, was another white guy, and came, you know, and spoke to my grandfather. Was like basically saying how he was glad my father, uh, grandfather moved in the neighborhood because it was too many of these folks moving in now. Mm. And my grandfather mm. went off and talking about how that's my wife and these are my children and such this, so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah. He, 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 you know, introduced him to his fist, didn't he? <laughs> well, I don't know. I had to ask about that. It was a long no. time ago I was told. No. Because it probably would have been Merry Christmas. And if I really want to go down that road, <laughs> if I could speak to, speak to my mother's 
Fitzgibbons. My mother's grandparents. Because my mother is from Opelousas. So y'all know, you know, that's Louisiana has a very interesting history in regards to that type of stuff. You know, what was, you know, did y'all speak English? It's a good chance they probably didn't. You know, probably spoke Creole, you know. But uh yeah, yeah, you know, what kind of skeletons on the closet that could be and what I mean by that is because of the time period, once again, maybe some things that I mean, I'm using skeletons in the closet because of something that my late mother has said and told me about, you know, what was going on. Bottom line, what was going on? You know, what's up with our family? You know, I'm not saying our family messed up, but like, you know, who we related to? Is it something that we can't know about? That I shouldn't know about. And I'm gonna leave it alone on that. Let somebody else go. Well, uh, some of my answers were a little more, I guess, amateurish. I'll go ahead and go. Um, I will say to piggyback off of Zerk, Aranya, and uh, Mrs. Ladybug, definitely my grandfather when he was in his teens and 20s because you know he went off fall to war and came back of course experienced what he experienced like zerk said you know being and you know just to hear all of these stories that my grandfather was that dude and yes i got a chance to know my grandfather because he passed in oh seven that may sound right, I can't remember. But, you know, just to hear that, you know, it's, it's one of those people, it's one of those, he was one of those people where you can't find somebody to say something bad about him. Mm-hmm. So just to see that version of my grandfather would be an amazing thing. And kind of like what you said, Aranya, because with my grandfather being the man he was, what was it about my grandmother, this woman from Florida, who moved to Texas, what was it about her that was like, yep, you know, that's the one, (laughs) you know, so, you know, I would definitely do that. And, you know, to kind of veer off the beaten path of seriousness here, Mm -hmm. I was thinking of the child in me, Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, and Splinter. (laughs) I was a huge Turtles fan. So as a kid, let's do it. I will go in the sewers. I will find that little hideout. What's up? I was like, oh, only in a cartoon world because you go into the sewers and be all right. Right. You see my face. I was like, you are going to catch the Legionnaires. <laughs> that might be true, too, but there will be a risk I'm willing to take. I remember that episode of Dirty Jobs when he had to go in there and clean out the sewers from the blockages. Oh, my God. Mm. Ooh. Mm-mm. Oh, you remember that episode? Yeah. When he was sitting in that rat hopped on his chest and kept running? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, micro Dirty Jobs, there's a job where they have to go into the sewers to undo shit and grease blockages that block the whole sewer so they have to go and declog these things and they're like 
many thousands of guns. Ain't that but something. basically they were in this one small tunnel and they had to sit down to figure out what the, how they gonna do it. And this rat came running down the tunnel, hopped right. on Mike Rose's knee and chest, and then hopped to the other side and kept running. He was like, that is a log. I'm jumping on him and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, Araya and I were kind of talking about this earlier. Another character from my past would be Storm from the X-Men. And the reason why I choose Storm because she was the first black superhero I ever remember seeing on TV like that. And she was prominent. She was strong. I mean, Storm, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying you fuck with Storm, you know, fuck around and get thunderbolted, you know. <laughs> Storm cut catch your ass in the tornado and you out of there. You Let know. me ask you a question. A real quick question. This don't have nothing to do with the topic, but it's a storm question. Uh-huh. So on the cartoon, because I was a okay. very big X-Man fan, uh my favorite mm-hmm. character was Rose, but whatever. Okay. I do what I want to do. Um, when Storm Eyes go white, is she blind? No. no. Okay. She's not. It's just it's it's like her history is she's not just a mutant. She comes from a long line of African witches. Like yeah, so it's it, she's not just a mutant. Like and I'm underselling that point cuz like her ancestry is very powerful in the comics. Yeah. But uh it's yeah, not, so it's it not she, she for a short time she married to Shala. She did. She did. Married to, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. She did. They I had, know, my they eyes had white. many I'm children. <laughs> yeah, they had, no. Call so, yeah, so no, she's not blind. Uh, her and T'Challa did have many children. I think upwards of nine. I don't quite remember. Um, she divorced him when he took the wrong side in an argument. And so, well, yeah. Uh, that's that the way it happened. Yeah. That's now, still Black love. Now, last but not least from my past, and this is kind of more of a my brother and I thing, Marlon and Sean Williams. Mm. When when they had when they had their show back down back back in the ground. Yes, that's what me and my brother akin to brotherhood because we was like when we were kids, that show was out, and you know, to see two brothers doing the show, you know, they had Happy and they singing in the color, you know. Give me a high five. Yeah, you know to see that. So definitely, I would love to give me a high five. Go for it. Go for it. Don't leave me hanging now. (laughs) But yeah, so definitely, (laughs) boss is rude. Boss is rude. I know you ain't even get that. You know what? See, that's why. That's why we're gonna kick you off the podcast. Uh, (laughs) All right, boss. What's your What's your answer? So, so I had three, uh, two non-fictional, one fictional, um, right. and none of them are my grandparents or great grandparents. I knew my grandfathers, but I don't have memories with them because they both passed when before, like uh, before I could like develop those memories. Um, but like one of the oldest stories my dad mom tell me is like when I went to go see my. Uh, my dad's dad, my uh, grandfather, I would chase the chickens around the yard. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> if you, you wanted the chicken, you wanted to bite it. Look, ladies and gentlemen, like I was two or three and I would just chase chickens. And I'm just like, 
chasing them yard pimps. Them yard pimps. <laughs> but um, yeah. Then my uh, mother's uh, dad he passed when I was like um, eight, nine. But uh, we didn't because they live in a different state. We always didn't get to go visit, like to where you know you could develop a relationship. But you know so. But uh, I would like to meet the, uh, meet them, like uh, talk with them to discover about their lives, um, especially my mother's dad, because uh, my mother is a white lady. Um, and basically, he came from a time where he was a racist. So um, like my parents dated in a time when they had to keep it secret especially in the state where they're from. Um, and when he found out, he whooped my mother, basically. Um, my mother had to got the fist fights in high school with black women who thought she was taking one of their men, which she did and she won, so fuck all you. Um, let's see. she's out there like, hey. Right? Uh, <laughs> and so. <laughs> if you buck was a thing back then. Exactly. So, like, you know, uh, and, and he was that way. My grandmother never was. Um, my grandmother never was, Avenel. She'd always, like, she never had that kind of bone in her body. But he was that way up until he held me in his arms, which from that point on, when I was, like, born in, like, it was, like, 87, when he held me for the first time, he started crying he started apologizing to my dad till the day he passed so you know uh i would like to go back in time and like you know speak with him and my other grandfather but um but the three people fictional and non-fictional i would like to meet from the past fictional number one is yoda you know now a lot of people be like yoda that's from star wars that's in the future no it's not <laughs> read the beginning long time ago in a galaxy far far away they tell you up front yeah. this was ancient history so you know like i would like to meet yoda all two and a half feet of him you know all real talking 900 to a thousand plus years old wise beyond his years just like give us some wisdom about life in the universe you know just Learn how to be at peace, cause man. But the non-fictional people, number one is because I didn't get to meet him when he was at Comic Palooza, and he passed before that happened. And as the late great Stan Lee, I <laughs> he almost made my list. <laughs> I would love to meet Stan Lee, just cause he created so many just memorable characters that like will live on like way like way past like people living right now so you know like there's no i just like because that kind of imagination is astounding like you know that is so you know i'd like it to meet is. him other is uh a guy not a lot of people know about um, you'd have to be deep into video games to know this uh, this man. Um, he never invented a video game franchise, but he is responsible for video games today. And that is Gerald Jerry Lawson, the inventor of the cartridge. Black man. So 
if you have Netflix, go watch the high score documentary about the history of video games. I mean, that was a brother, um, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. And his uh his son and grandson in the uh, show. Didn't he also invent the was it just the cartridge? Did he not also invent that the idea of the system using the cartridge? Like yes, did he invent he did. the system for I don't know if it was uh Dang. Like he did, he did the cartridge was, and the delivery of it. Yeah, it was, but it was a console he created. Also, I just can't remember. Yeah, he created his own console at the time. I just can't yeah, remember he the name his of the own console. console. If it, was, but yeah, they showed the picture of it back then too, and all his plans and stuff. How big so, was it? Like the console, like yeah, the size of an original Atari. Like okay. Uh, I was gonna be like a record yeah, player. So like, it wasn't like, like, you know, he'd be a hefty. Like you know, it wasn't like they like you know we have a computer in this room. You can go use it. And you walk in there and it's two football fields it's long. You know, and it's hot in there. It's hot. <laughs> oh yeah. So like you know, because I am a big gamer. That is my number one uh, media for entertainment. You know, so without that, who knows? Without cartridges, who knows what video gaming be today? Because PC gaming at the time was non-existent, uh, basically. Without the like, cartridge, it's a, it's a chance that maybe the industry would not have we wouldn't have had. Yeah, you know, uh, correct. Like, I mean, of course, because Nintendo, they, Sega, you had, you had the arcades, but then when it came home, I mean, it's a chance that maybe, maybe arcades would have lasted. Longer if there was no home console, or maybe somebody would have thought it up a long time ago, later on. But right. maybe history would have played out differently. We would have been going to the arcade much longer Correct. than what we all did. That is like true. maybe the arcade would have went much longer. The arcade might have died because remember at that time they were dying in the eighties till Mario mm-hmm. came along and just you know. So Mario Street Fighter, they pretty much kept the arcades going for just a little bit. But who knows where video gaming would be today without the cartridge? Mm-hmm. Like, because PC gaming didn't take off till what, Doom? And that was in like 95. So, you know, that's that's another person I would just like to meet, you know, just because to show like basically it'd be like a Doctor Who Van Gogh moment. Aranya knows what I mean by that, you know. <laughs> so, like, in the episode, like, and this is going to be a little spoiler for everybody who has not seen it. In the episode I'm of Doctor sure, Who... Sure the episode bad old by now. Oh, it is. And yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, he travels, they get, they travel back in time and they meet Vincent Van Gogh, the artist, the painter. And he is having, like, his hallucinations. He loses his ear. Um... Turns out he was being attacked by another alien being. So he at the time was worried, like, like, because he was broke, he had no money, and he was just like worried, like, you know, does do people know who he is? Like, what about my work? And so they took him to the future to a museum where they had Bill Nighy, aka David Jones, basically giving a tour of a Van Gogh exhibit. And nobody knew Vincent Van Gogh was there. And he was just like being quiet, looking at all these people, looking at his paintings. And he was sitting there talking about how he's considered the greatest painter of all time. And this man just starts crying. And it is a great episode. It is a touching episode. Like, man, like it's one of the greatest episodes ever. So, you know, 
I'd like to like speak with Jerry and like show him where video gaming is today that yeah. it is because of him that yeah. you know that we have everything we have today. So those would be my uh my people from the past. Well, you know, I did promise the people that we were gonna have four vastly different answers, and there you have it. And that's just the mm-hmm. past. All right, mm-hmm. Aranya, yep. kick it off for the present. All right, and I wanted to just throw this in there. My dad is a huge Marvel fan, and I told him when he gave me the topic what Boss was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, as far as uh, Stan Lee, I already told him, and he was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yep." I was like, "I already know." I was like, "Trust mm-hmm. me." So, ah, shout out. Um, so for my present, I would like to talk to Elon Musk. Okay. I want to pick his brain. I want to pick his brain about his views on travel. I want to pick his brain on his views on what he sees the world could be. Like, because there is a evolutionary person, more than one, in all generations. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like a lot of his views, I'm like this. Oh, so you think that? How how, how do you see that? Because in interviews, unfortunately, you know, you have a whole bunch of people and they're all asking these questions and he got to kind of cut it short. You know, he got to give a little basic answer. But I want to pick his brain to kind of draw a picture in my head as to what he sees and how he thinks we're going to get there. Because for all the viewers, I am a very different thinking person. All the ninjas know that I am, but I'm a very different thinking person. So when I see somebody else who thinks a little differently, I like to know what their thought process is. How did you arrive here? How do you plan to execute this? And what can I do to help? (laughs) I want to be a part. Like, I want to be with it. I want to do something. Tell me what I can do. Like, I'm kind of smart. Teach me. You know, so I would love, love, love to meet him and be able to sit down and just have a super long conversation over a green tea. That's it. This is uh Mrs. Ladybug's answer. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. Sorry, I ain't got yeah. my glasses. Uh, I will, I will, I will interject for a second. She loves this woman. <laughs> <laughs> she loves this woman. So I can one thousand percent see that. All right, uh, Zerk, what you got for us? All right, for present. Mm-hmm three i have like a lot the first one is (laughs) is thomas hap thomas hap is the man that created the video game axiom verge okay now i haven't played played, but it's something i would play and buy because essentially it's like a throwback to the old metroid but Mm -hmm. he created the game all by himself to my understanding programming music art I think it took him like five years. So just to ask him, you know, what was that whole process like? You a one man show doing this. Now there are others like the guy that created Harvest Moon did it all by himself. But what was it like? You know, you have to, to take all that. And you still like, you know, look, you got to work. I think he's married. You know, he trying to do all that stuff and make this game. And the game released to like critical acclaim and accolades. You know, it did everything by yourself. You know, so like, what engine did you use? How did you get started? You know, well, what was the motivation? Just, just just sit there and just like take me from start to finish. You know, you know, of how you just was able to buckle down 
and do this all by yourself and it just blow up the way it, it does it did second will be john carmack now okay. john carmack for those who may not know was one of the founders of id software and also one of the creators of doom it's like doom and Wolfenstein. Mm -hmm. i looked at a documentary and he essentially in those early days he those games ran on the it's okay that, that happened. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the look on your face. I'm sorry, Zerk. <laughs> but uh, he created the technology that these games ran on. So super smart programmer. But kind of, it's kind of related to what Boss was talking about, where gaming went, what it has become. He had a breakthrough because consoles were already like the hot thing when they were making working at a company making games for computers, you know. And the issue with the computers at the time did because we know like let's put it this way that the NES was already out, you know. And I think uh, Mario Brothers Super Mario Three was out, so the computers at the time they couldn't do side scrolling because they couldn't redraw the screen fast enough. Mm -hmm. Carmack figured it out. Instead of trying to redraw the screen, just redo the parts to actually change. Because like, if you look at an old school game, you know, it's probably going to be the same background over and over again. Mm -hmm. Just redo the parts that actually change. Mm -hmm. That's how he figured out the side-scrolling issue. And they took time. You know, because he showed us some other guys he was working with at the time. This is pre-it. They worked for some other company. And they were, like, blown away. And they uh, recreated Super Mario Brothers 3 for the PC and pitched it to Nintendo. Nintendo declined because, of course, they didn't want something competing with their market share. Because to yeah. play the game, mm -hmm. you had to buy the console. Well, yeah. if you put it on PC, you won't have to buy the console. Right. You know? So they didn't want to bother that. And of course, we all know the rest is history. You know, they gave us Wolfenstein, Doom. They pretty much, I guess you could say they created the first-person genre as we know it. Yeah, first-person. First it wouldn't. We wouldn't have first-person shooters like we have today if it wasn't for id Software for those guys. You know, John Carmack, Carmack Romero, and there was another John. It was like two other guys. I can't remember their names, but they gave us the first-person shooter pretty much. You know, Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, there you go. Third person, you know, uh, Boss might know who this is. He probably, his, uh, his nerd juice might boil or tingle over this. <laughs> Mike Pondsmith. Hmm. Yes, sir. He know, he know who it is. I had, because I, yes, I thought about him, and I was like, wait a minute, that's a brother that's behind it. Let me make, double check mm -hmm. that. Like, yeah. So, my creator of created cyberpunk. So if y'all know that we got a game about cyberpunk 2077, yeah. that game is based upon a tabletop role-playing game that's called cyberpunk created by a black man. Now, why mm -hmm. am I put or okay, you know, let's address an elephant in the room. Why am I pointing out as a black man? That's because he's basically people like him are telling us it's okay to be a be a geek. It's okay to be a nerd. Ooh, to be and be a geek and be a nerd. You say it, Gwen, me, sir. You say it, Gwen, me. 
You say what? I said no. I said you're segueing me into my to my answer when I go. Because you know, <laughs> sometimes if, you know. Let me just put it out there for all black geeks and all black nerds. Come out of the shadows. It's yes. okay. Yes. It's okay to be black and like comics and like video games. And female. Like, you know, and, and female. female. You know, come on, especially and black whatever, whatever you okay. get nerdy about. You like tabletop? Come out and be like tabletop. Yeah. Do whatever Bring you like. Show me the collection and put it together. You know? That's right. It's okay That's to do right. stuff. You know? We are not, I, I know y'all, that is certain subject matters that we agreed upon, but given what we represent and what our channel is about, it probably need to be, be said, you know, because it's like people try to say that because you black, you can't be into that kind of stuff. And okay. guess what? It ain't people who are non-black. Right. They want to welcome you. Yeah. All they like is, wait a minute, you like tabletop? You know, come on in. Oh, oh you ain't a right. You got your cape on? Let's go. Oh, right, come on here. Like the food's over there, the drinks over here at the bar. Come on in. It's people that look like us that demonize it. That's and right. you don't have to. So come out of the shadows. Because you got people like uh, Lawson that created the goddamn cartridge. You wouldn't be able to play games without that. That's right. The one I mentioned, Pond Smith, creating all this. And you know what, y'all? Mm -hmm. That's not the only thing he's done. He's also. Uh, Contributed to Forgotten Realms and Oriental Adventure Lines of Dungeons and Dragons, one of the longest running right. tabletop series. We wouldn't have RPGs without Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And here, this man is a contributor. Let me just interject for a second. But yeah, let me just interject for a second. Not only did he create the tabletop game Cyberpunk, he created that entire genre. Like oh, it basically job? was non-existent. Yeah, it basically was like non-existent before him. Like mm -hmm. you had some bits and pieces here and there, but like the genre, the subgenre as we know it, came mm -hmm. from that. Like and with, you know, you could throw Blade Runner back to that. You know, well, like good, it's, good, good point, boss. Because without Cyberpunk, then by what you're telling me, without that, we wouldn't have Blade Runner. We right. wouldn't have the Matrix. Mm -hmm. You know, we wouldn't have Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Because that all that mm -hmm. stuff essentially is cyberpunk. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, crap. Really, we probably wouldn't have John Wick. Even though John Wick is not a cyberpunk, it's like an a alternate fantasy in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but in closing, y'all come out the shadows. It's yeah. okay. All right. It's perfectly we okay. We welcome you. Come on. <laughs> You know, oh, you don't have to like Mark open, they don't even film the screen. Just come on, open arms. Because the main thing is is people like they look like us that demonize it. Stop mm -hmm. it. And another thing too, if you are if you are an adult by all intents and purposes, it's still okay. It yeah. is. I had an right? aunt, aunt in her sixties that, that played video games, bought the Super Nintendo, bought the Baby. Genesis. Hey, you know, my dad plays video games. Hey, y'all, she had Sega Channel. Hey, hey, had, had that Channel. too. Let's go. Yes, she was a Zelda fan. Hey. Wouldn't let us play Zelda because she didn't want us losing her stuff. Huh? Say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't play Zelda because she didn't want us losing her stuff. Damn right. Yeah. 
she was such OG with it that with the old Nintendo, y'all remember how the cartridge was put it in and press it down? Because mm-hmm. she didn't want to risk losing all her stuff. She didn't turn anything off. She just popped the cartridge out with the system still on. Because she did not want to risk losing all her stuff on Zelda. Boom. She was that much of an OG. But yeah, uh, it's okay to do this stuff, you know, and we exist, but, you know, we hide. I, I know yeah. it's a lot of black game designers out there, people that work for these industries, but you don't see us. Not because yeah, somebody, come out, but, you know, not because somebody who is non-black is keeping you in the shadows or some issue of racism. No, no. It's the culture of we frown upon it. Exactly. You don't have to. Deprogram it. We are so much more than NBA and NFL and hip hop. Normalize. So much more. Yeah, normalize. There you go. Normalize. Mm -hmm. We can be creative in more spaces than just doing R&B, doing hip hop, you know, and writing Black Power and Sister Girl books. Yeah. Come on out of there. I know we got because they exist. I know we got some black science Lots fiction. Writers. Yeah. Writers. Right. You know, let's pump these people up. Yeah. Let, 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 let's let's bring them to the forefront. Now, hey, we are here. You know, uh, like the wonderful artists that we met at Comic Palooza. Remember, guys? Yes, yes, yes. The yes. wonderful oh, artists yes. we supported to Blue 130. Yes. Shout we all follow her and love her. You know what? Hang, hang on a second. Where is it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I still got it. When we went to Cosmic, yes, that's right. Because her Cosmic Witch series. Hey. I bought, I bought one, and within a minute, I had to go back and get the other two. Had to go back and get the other two. That's right. I have those yep. two. Because because she is so talented and wonderful. Yeah. And she does, you know, she drew some goth- gothic art and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Man, we should have got the one of Gabrielle Tati so she could autograph it for us this year. You know what? You oh, forgot, I got the big one. Did you? I bought the big one. Yes, I bought the big one. Sorry. I'm sorry. That was so If she's here, I got to get, if she's at this year, I got to get some more hard work. That's what we were saying. We, yeah. we, like we need to be supportive, supportive, supportive. These people follow us. They help us. They talk to us. Like she mm-hmm. is a very wonderful person, very wonderful, very oh, yeah. sweet, and mm-hmm. very talented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all check this out. Pond Smith also was an instructor at Digipen. Man, mm. all right. I'm gonna hop off my soapbox. I was gonna go to them on. once upon a time. I was gonna you go to them once upon a time before they were in another. Mm-hmm. But before I realized they were in another state and I didn't have the money to move. <laughs> that was a womp womp moment. But like, yeah, uh, like, I'm, I'm like hey, one of the most famous box. crews to come out of DigiPen was uh, the people that made Portal. Like, like they made the prototype to Portal and then Valve went and bought them and they were like, here's some more money, make a full game out of it. And the outcome of that, GLaDOS and Portal. So, you know, I love that franchise, but man, yeah, like, like, come on out the shadows, do what you love, like, fuck everybody else who speaks against you. Because, because, like, because you know, here's the thing, you know, 
when people talk about you know inclusion and representation, well, you know what? All these great black creatives out there, they can take care of that. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm following some uh, black comic creators right now on Instagram. So there you go. There's your diversity. There's your inclusion. Inclusion. Somebody that looks like me is telling a story with people that look like me. There you go. Problem solved. You can do it. Just say, you know what? Instead of me trying, if you can, instead of me trying to go and get a job here and try to make movies here, make comics here, let me just do it with my dog on self. There you go. They're doing it right there, so I'm giving a shout out to all, to all of them, you know? I ain't gonna take mm -hmm. any more time trying to look them up, you know. But yeah, shout out to all you know you are. The, black, huh? the black creators out there, the, the black creators of games and comics and, and cartoons and anime. Kudos, blessings, and shout out to you. Right on. Yeah. Now, um, I introduced these guys to Aranya uh, earlier this week, and I got the chance to meet two out of three but I would love to meet all three and actually talk to them. Uh, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E are better known as the New Day in WWE. Now, to get back on Zerk's soapbox, these were three black guys, and race is important in this situation, that when they first got their gimmicks and started off, they was told to be preachers. It didn't work out until they broke out their shell. And when they broke out their shell, the one thing we learned were these were three black guys who could legitimately wrestle and they were geeks. Some of their cosplay that they wear to the ring has been Dragon Ball Z at WrestleMania. They did the carpet to Dragon Con that's in Atlanta. They did a Nickelodeon style cosplay they did Red Lanterns. They did Mortal Kombat. Mm. They did Power Rangers. They um, they done during Black History Month, Our Heroes Rock, where they had different black heroes on their gear. Um, it's been a lot. And they've been mad inspirational because it was three black guys who were successful. Like they are collectively 11 time tag team champions. And in 2019, uh, Kofi Kingston, who is the one who's been in the business longer, he got a chance to win this at WrestleMania. Now, for wrestling fans that really know, there's only been, before Kofi Kingston, there was only other one black person to win the world championship, and that was The Rock. So in the WWE Championship 50-year history, only one black person won the title until 2019 with Kofi Kingston. Now there's a third right now, Bobby Lashley, shouts out to him. But it was just great. And they even start to notice their impact because they said they get black fans all the time, just like what Zerk's saying. Come out. If you still love wrestling, if you still a nerd, let it be known you don't have to hide that shit. Like, you don't have to hide it. Like, this was one of the products that they sold. Bootios! Wow. Make sure you ain't booty. <laughs> and as you see, Aranya, their mascot. 
So, so yes, um, I do have a lot more people. LeBron James, boss, know how it feels about LeBron. Um, uh, Donald Glover. I mean, how could you not want to meet Donald Glover besides Childish Gambino? I would love to, just like what Aranya said about picking his brain, I would love to just like, how the hell did he come up with uh, 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 what was his name in Atlanta? Um, the character that was inspired by Dope Michael Boy? Jackson. No, the one that was inspired by like Michael oh, Jackson. I haven't watched one. season two yet, so don't say nothing Damn. else. I haven't watched season two yet. Scooter, you just said, Scooter, you right. asked, how did he come up with a certain character? Uh-huh. We can ask that same question to Aaron Magruder. How did you come up with Jen Rummy and Wessler? True. <laughs> that was that, that was company goal. But not only that, guys, and they are voiced by Sam Jackson and exactly. Comic genius. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scooter. Um, of course, uh, I would like to talk to the young kids because I mean, like, like the young kids, but like younger, you know, like RDC World One, Caleb City, like for these guys to be in like their mid twenties, and the content they create is just amazing. Like, if you ever watch the Caleb City or RDC World One, they have amazing content, and just to hear their creative process. Another person, of course, Doja Cat. I mean, yep. you came up with a song called Moo. And it was a lyrical <laughs> genius of a song. I don't care what anybody say. Moo was one of the greatest songs ever. Um, <laughs> I would love to meet, of course, uh, the Black Hokage, because I've been messing with his content for a while. Teddy Perkins. Thank you, Mrs. Ladybug. Teddy Perkins was the character Donald Glover came up with that he even did it at one of at an award show. But Teddy Perkins, thank you. Um, Amanda Seals is another woman I would like to meet because Amanda Seals kind yes. of reminds me of Aranya a little bit to where she's so opinionated that it's seen as controversial. And it's like, why? Are y'all just hearing the information from face value or are you really, really trying to hear and process the information? And last on my list, which it wasn't originally wrote down, it was actually kind of jogged because of Boss. Mm-hmm. I would like to meet the person who's almost akin to Stan Lee in gaming. That would be the one Shigeru Miyamoto. How did you come up with Mario, Donkey Kong, Legend of Zelda, like all of that? Like, how did you come up with all of that? vastly different heroes and characters in worlds and everything. Essentially, so, Shigeru saved the gaming industry. Yes, he, yeah, he saved gaming. Because, well, people, some people may not know, game, video gaming is, is essentially an American invention, mm-hmm. but it crashed here in 83. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Thank you, E.T. Super Mario yeah. Brothers had saved it, and it was more. And boss, you know, it was more than ET. It was a little more. It was a little more than ET. I think I arcade because people, people weren't were, going to them anymore. You know, like it was Pac-Man a lot of things. The, the whole the twenty six hundred port of Pac Man didn't help none either. No, it Look, didn't. Hey, oh my mm-hmm. gosh! 
that that whole game, that game, good grease, it's an epileptic seizure. That's what that game is. <laughs> Terrible. Oh my, it's like bad foot fungus. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Who next? Every boss. Who you got for the present? Good sir. All right. So number one, like I share yours. She gave me a moto. The the man that built Nintendo, not just the Mario Brothers, Link and Zelda. Donkey Kong, Metroid, you know, like Kirby, everything like, but Pokemon, everything right? but Pokemon. Pikmin, like uh, yeah. Pokemon. That was a separate company, but like no, 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 uh, I'm, saying, I'm saying he built everything but Pokemon. Pretty much, yeah. Like you know, just the man that built the house that is Nintendo, because Nintendo is a lot of people don't know has been around as a toy company since the 1800s. They did trading cards. Making trading cards. cards and all that. Yeah, so like he is the one that built them to the juggernaut they are today. That no matter what the other video game companies and what happens in the PC gaming space, Nintendo, you can guarantee, is going to continue to do whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. And they will always be successful. Because yeah. when they the last pure console they made was the GameCube. After yes. that was the Wii. Who here or anywhere thought the Wii was gonna be anything like it was gonna be? Fair. If you okay. if you you predicted it, I'm gonna call you a lie to okay. your face. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the wall here. I work at Best Buy. Mm -hmm. Folks was going crazy over them joints. Exactly. Man. I always thought like, it would be crazy. Right, like motion controls. Only people that could come from making a, a toy company keep it like we just gonna do what we want, and people gonna buy it, and they did. Like you know, and then they doubled down that because like it's insane what Nintendo does, and they don't give a fuck, but and they just keep going and going and going. But not only just Miyamoto, but exactly fictional characters. Um, the reason these two are I placed them together that is Wade Watts from Ready Player One after he wins and the Black Panther. Reason why is because I need a grant, not a loan. I need some money Save. quick that I'm Look not paying back. I'm not <laughs> the, the, the black the black panther. <laughs> And Wade Watts, and for those who don't know who Wade Watts is, he is the main character or hero from the book Ready Player One or the movie, if we've only seen the movie. Yes, and so to put into perspective why I would need money from him, in the book, the game The Oasis was given for free. All you needed was to basically gather a quarter and you would get sent the gloves and the haptic feedback and the visor and all that. Mm -hmm. Basically, just in the Oasis, you can experience any movie, video game, music. You go to virtual concerts. You could do anything you wanted in the Oasis. Made this company the biggest gaming company in the world to where if you own, like the contest was, if you can find all these Easter eggs inside the Oasis, you got controlling share of the company, which was like 51%. You got to do whatever you wanted in the Oasis, supreme power over it all. You could shut it down, keep it going, whatever you wanted to do. 
the amount they put the value they put on that was excess if i remember right like 200 trillion dollars god damn so <laughs> yeah so like think about this it, the the oasis got so big that all companies in the world had to go inside to do business here now because that's where everybody in the world started going like they weren't going outside anymore so you had to now open up a virtual business in here to continue being prosperous and so i just need like half a percent of one percent of some money mr watts like you know that's that's it same thing with black panther richest comic book character in history more than yes. Bruce Wayne, uh, Iron Man, and all them combined. Yes. I just need a small grant, so because I was hungry. Um, uh, can I can I can I interject one other answer? Because I did talk about with this around it today too. Uh, absolutely. For respect purposes, I understand it would be the past, but I would consider it as the present. I would really want to talk to Chad with Bozeman. Okay. Yeah. Like. Yes, sir. Stage three cancer diagnosing, you knocked out all those movies. You gave right? a laundry list of work, and then you was like, All right, it's my time to go. And I'm tired, sir. You and told nobody legacy. except his right. wife. Nobody. You held that down. Right. That and gave he was going to be our Keanu Reeves. Yes. Because apparently he's just like an awesome dude. Yeah, but uh, but the other people on my list for the present, Lupe Fiasco, my favorite rapper of Definitely. all time. Definitely, Lupe. Childish Gambino, another one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, Hideo Kojima, one of the greatest, most convoluted minds in gaming, creator of the Metal Gear series. Because to this day, people that have played every game in that franchise. You could say a good, I'd say even close to half, still don't know what the story is about. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck is about. <laughs> they confused as hell. They all play it multiple times. Damn. Still don't they know what went on in that damn franchise. The hey, they, <laughs> hey, Metal Gear storyline is more confusing than Fast and Furious timeline. It get, it's a lot wilder, too. And it's just like, I understand it, but like, you have to play it multiple times to even gather it. Because, like, just to put it in perspective, MGS4, which is still to this day exclusive to the PlayStation 3, because that's the only that's the console it was built for, and the PS3 had that cell architecture, and it's not easy to translate games from that. But anyway, that game, you may have spent five hours total playing the game. The other 15 was listening and watching cinematics of them going over the story in just that one. <laughs> like, yes. so, like when you yes. beat the game, there was, the was a whole hour and a half more yes. of cinematics yes. that you had to sit through before the credits actually rolled. So, you know, I would just like to pick his brain to, to keep all that together in your head. Like, sir, you need to write books and do TV because you could probably be create the greatest stuff ever. But lastly, who I would like to meet in the present is Mr. Kevin Feige. Okay. If you don't know who that is, he okay. is the director and controller of the MCU. Sir, 
the reason I want to meet you is I need to launch codes. What we got going for the, like the next 20 years? Like, can you run it down for me? Can you run it down for me? I won't tell nobody. I won't say nobody. Right. <laughs> Look, you I'll sign an NDA where I go to jail for 30 years if I say one word. Does I just want to know? <laughs> that's like, you know, that's why I want to meet him. And like and see if he got a job opening. You hire him. You hiring, sir? You need some coffee. I'm looking at you. You need coffee because I can get that for you. If you got, a, if you have an opening position for a sixty thousand dollar year, go for. It. I'll go fetch your coffee. You, you want a lettuce wrap with that? Oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, those, those would be uh, my people from the present. I would like to meet. So. I think the future is the last uh, bit. Yeah. And uh, so, Aranya, back to you. Aranya, b- b- before we kick off the last little thing, let me throw some uh, comment and some honorable mentions in there. Scooter, since you are you are the, uh, the staff wrestling fan, yes. If they were to do a life story on Junkyard Dog, they'll let you be a younger Junkyard Dog. God damn it! <laughs> they have been following me around for the longest. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. <laughs> there were some co-workers who used to call me JYD because they were talking about how I look like Junkyard Dog. God damn it! <laughs> I remember, I remember that boy MA Double called you that in class back in high school. Shut up, <laughs> man! I mean, we we could say. Maybe a young Kimbo Slice in the Kimbo Slice documentary. <laughs> <laughs> the beer and the skin tone. <laughs> okay, let's do it for you two for for Boston School. There's some honorable mentions to some of the. I guess it'll be for all of us that uh, mentioned some some gaming favorites. Gunpei Yokoi, he's no mm. longer with us. He created the Game Boy. Yes, sir. Mm. So basically gave us mobile gaming as we know it. Okay. Also, no longer with us. Got to make sure I say his name right. Satoru Iwata. Mm. Oh, yeah. He has passed on. He was a president of Nintendo. Now, as a reason I bring him up because of something I found out a couple of days ago about this man. But let me read a quote I found from him. He said it at the Game Developer Conference in 2005. On my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer. But in my heart, I am a gamer. Mm-hmm. And why and I bring him, bring him oh, back was because of something he did in Nintendo. So apparently, when they hit a little financial rough spot, he didn't lay anybody off. He took a 50% pay cut. Mm. People could keep their job, mm-hmm. and now with that, and when, when and he did it again when it was necessary, take another pay cut. So, folks, because he said that it don't make no sense. I can't remember the exact quote, but it didn't make no sense to do that for a short-term game. Mm-hmm. You know that happened here in America like, all the time. Getting laid right. off. Uh, he um, is so loved at Nintendo. Like, if uh, anybody out there who has a Switch and you have Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because he passed before that game came out, there is a, I forget exactly what time, but it's like, it's like basically real world time. You go to a certain spot, 
on this mountain, this light comes down. And if you go there, you meet what is in the game, the Lord of the Mountain. And the mm -hmm. name rearranged letters is his name, Satoru Iwata. Like they memorialized him in there. Like you can't fight, you can't hurt this creature, but like you can watch him and he just goes like he just goes about his day. He's the Lord of the Mountain. And it's just like they love him at Nintendo. And he is no longer with us, but that, that was a good dude. Like, uh, the creator of the Oasis actually being in the Oasis. This is what it kind of sounds mm -hmm. like. All right. What you got for us and Ronnie for the future? Okay, See? like I know that we've been kind of twirling out, but I did want to hey. say something. Well, hold on, hold on. The future kicked my ass for a while. Wow. Until I, until, until I figured out who I wanted to pick for the future, but it kicked my ass for a minute. Really? That was my first one. <laughs> the present was oh. my first one. Oh, same here. Like <laughs> There's not a lot of people present that I wanted to meet, as y'all could see. Um, but I wanted to say something um, because we were talking about um, black creators, creative people. And I wanted to say something about what Zerk was saying. Y'all know I'm bad with names. Who did you say that created the game by himself and you thought he was married? Say it again. Who did you say that created the game by himself and he, you thought he was married? And Oh, Thomas Hatt. Okay. He, so, he's not a black creator, but he just did it by himself, though. I know I, I'm piggybacking off of that. So when I was in seventh grade, I created a point and click video game PC. I created in our computer class because we had to do a project and most people did like a basic, you know, look, I can type or whatever, but I created a point and click game. And as a creative person, I find it a lot easier to handle it by myself because as I was talking to Scoot earlier about, my passion is deep. When I see things, I see things in full color from beginning to end. And when I allow somebody to take my portion, like this portion, that portion, whatever, they it leaves room for interpretation. And for me, if I were a game creator, which I did want to go into that, I actually was going to apply to a job when they back in the day, y'all too was probably. I don't know, babies, but you remember there used to be a couple gaming companies here. Um, I, I wanted to apply so bad, but you know, I worked at the Build a Bear workshop. Shut up, shut up. So I I chose not to, but I had a friend who left and he went and worked at um the place for a while. And as an event planner and as an organizer of a lot of things, I would find it a lot easier for me to sacrifice the hours and get it done in its entirety than to delegate things and leave room for interpretation when it came to my vision. Because you have to have a delicate balance of, hey boss, I want you to do Cerulean Blue. And boss is a graphic designer like I am. He bust out the wrong shade of Cerulean Blue and my whole vision is ruined. And he's like, this <laughs> so then I have to actually spend more time trying to correct what I feel is his mistake than if I just did it myself. And that's coming from a woman's perspective. All women can probably relate to that. Sorry. Sorry, guys. No offense to you guys. But I just feel like when you are passionate about something, something that you love and you have a vision for it, you don't really need help to push you forward. It's just the fact that you want the world to see something that you love the way that you see it. And I was actually explaining this to Scoot about how I see things and how I describe a story. 
the birds were flying by, a butterfly had a tip of yellow on its tail, a squirrel ran by with a, a nut in his hand and the grass was too tall. So when someone is creating a game that he or, he or she wants to be this masterpiece and take you to a whole nother world, I think it will be easier to create that world and let people just look at it and just, you know, bite the bullet and spend the time to do it rather than to delegate and deal with timelines and other stuff and possibly not have your vision come to life. That was just yeah. my opinion. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> makes perfect sense because, I mean, as gamers, we are seeing time and time again games that should have been more than what they are, but we got a turd crapped out because they were trying to make a deadline. <laughs> exactly. And plus, I mean, and then let's also, be, let's also be in perspective. Look how long it also took for them to even get black people right in video games. True. <laughs> like, it took them forever to get other race looking yeah. right in video games. So, you know, okay. so yeah, sometimes you, know, you got that vision, you want to see it through, and you have to let them know, no, 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 that's not the cerulean blue I want. Exactly. I want this one. And, and if for the record, blue, my point and click game had music, it had words. It's point and click, of course, it has to have words. I chose proper fonts, I chose proper colors, I chose proper effects, locating photos, pictures, everything. I did it all myself during our time. And you know, we had a few weeks to work on our project, just like in cosmetology school. You know, you have this grand project, and I was so happy. And of course, I got an A, the only person in the class to get that because I was the only person in the class to do something like that. I was so proud of my work. And I put a lot into it because I wanted it to be an experience because I played video games my whole life and I wanted people to play my game and be like, oh, that is so cool. Because the end of the game, if you went down the wrong path, the mist came and then it was bones and it was like meaty bones. And it was like, <laughs> the end. well, I think I put Finn because I'm that person. I've always been an indie weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that was like if you went down the wrong path, you know how point and click games go. But either way, all right. I didn't have a computer growing up, but it would still be a point and click game. It was just pointed to the NES. My first experience would have been Shadowgate. Hmm. You know, and really, <laughs> uh, Shadowgate is what turned me into an RPG gamer. I, okay. was, I was in the fourth grade when I realized what this game was. I wasn't in RPGs. I, thought, I mean, I, it didn't interest me. But what made me want to play it this is back when Game Pro Magazine was out. Hey. They had the Ask the Pro section. People would mm, they yes. the game and they would send a, a letter to them like how to get past something. Somebody had an issue with Shadowgate. And I read the solution to get through this and reading that solution just like intrigued me so that I wanted to play this game. Mm -hmm. And when I wanted to play it, the videos I used to rent from who used to, who had it, didn't have it. Now when I want to play it, y'all ain't got it no more. It wasn't until like I moved to another part of town that they had it and I got a chance to play it, you know? And I think I might remember to this day some of them solutions, you know? You know, side note, I still remember to, uh, y'all remember Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. still remember a code for that game to have all the items and you can go straight to Dracula. Wow. Yeah, DY31, LXDY, W45X, TGJX. Wow. 
Wow. Don't ask me why. I still remember it. I was thinking about it the other day. Sarah. But you know what? <laughs> if you think about the things you remember, because I had a PC growing up. Shout out to Miss Tina. I had a PC growing up. I played a lot of PC games. I played Atari. I played Nintendo. And Shadows of Darkness was my shit. That is a point-and-click adventure game. And I think it really set the tone for the kind of games that I enjoy. I still remember what you need to tell the Demi-Urge. His name is Dimitri. I still remember how to go to that particular girl and talk to her. She's a vampire. You got to be nice to her because she's crazy and she got a big teddy bear thing that protects her. And it's like I thought about this last week when we were talking about um, Kid Chameleon. And I was like, yeah, I remember, you know, you go here, you drop down when you're in the tank and you go over here and you take this. And it's like, it's crazy how our brains remember certain things from games from our childhood. And you're like, how the fuck do I remember that? Like, how? Like, what? But I can't remember what happened yesterday. Hey, who yeah. called yesterday? What, what day was yesterday? Like, I can't remember the last five minutes. <laughs> Look, I couldn't even remember the man's name, but I can remember how to get where I need to get in Kid Chameleon. Like, whatever. All right. So there's only one person on my list for the future person. Mm-hmm. And that person is the first person to colonize another planet. As most of the ninjas know, I do not believe I'm from here. <laughs> I, I have always had a very, very, very deep interest in the stars. We all are aware that me in the seventh grade predicted that there was an ocean on Europa and there was possible life. I got 107 on my project and my research after my teacher said, did you do this research? And I was like, yeah. And he was amazed in my earth science class. I have always been very, very much so into other planets. And I would love to talk to the first person. And I don't give a fuck if it's Mars. I don't give a fuck if it's Earth too. I don't care what planet, but colonize the planet because I want to know, what did you see? What did you experience? Like, I know you had to be scared. I know you had to be nervous because, I mean, shit, sometimes I'm nervous if I'm pulling up to the club. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't know who's going to be in here. My stomach. And it's like, you get on a one-way ticket ship to, you know, hopefully not get hit by tiny meteors. Okay, balls. We got the tiny meteors. (laughs) And you sit there and you're on your way to this maiden voyage of somewhere that no one has ever been. Like, if anything goes wrong, you're going to (laughs) die. You're going to die. I want to talk to that person. I want to see, like, what it's like. What planet is it? Because, I mean, we're all like, yeah, Mars, 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 Mars. And something could happen, and it may not even be Mars that is the first planet we colonize. You know, like, we look at something else and be like, hey, no, I think this is better. We're going to go here. Appreciate you. I want to know. Like, I want to know, like, what it feels like to walk on that planet. You know, what's the gravity like? I just, I want to know what training you went through. Is the person plus size? Because I, I need to sign a petition or something because they don't let plus size astronauts. And when me and Boss was at Comic Palooza, I tried to get in the suit and I was stuck. <laughs> Remember, Boss? <laughs> and he was taking mean pictures of me and I was like, my boobs are stuck. Ow, someone help me. I, I need a petition for plus size people because all you got to do is jigger the, 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 the things and they could go. I know they eat. Kajigger. Yep. Yep. I said it. The reason I asked that question because you made me think about Quagmire. Hmm. That, that episode of Family Guy where Peter was being pressured to have sex with his boss. Yep. So he got Quagmire to be underneath his clothes. Yep. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> he and 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 Craig Meyer saw the woman. He was like, oh, he's like Peter, deals off. He's like, I'm rejiggering. <laughs> <laughs> he said she looked like a dog in the face. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm rejiggering my position. <laughs> I love Family Guy, and Zerk knows this especially. Oh, I love it. I hate me wish. Oh my God, it was on last night and I tried to video you because it was old and he was like, I hate me with And by the time I could pull it up, Stewie was already flying and I was like, shit, but I was trying to get it. I was trying to get it to show you. It came on last night and I was like, ah! Okay, let me interject something for the audience, you know, since we're on Family Guy. They had a situation where myself, Iranya, and Boss we went to the movies one night. I don't even remember what we went to go see. And we always sit at the very top. So, you know, we walking out, you know, it's nobody around. We're walking out. I don't know how we got on this, but I was trying to tell them about something that Stewie said on Family Guy. And I've seen it so many times, but for some reason, it got just insanely funny at that moment. And I couldn't get it out because I was laughing so hard. So hard. Leaning against the wall, you know, going down steps. When we got outside in the hallway, I was still cracking up. Basically, it was Stewie asking for some Anison. <laughs> you have any Anison? And he's like, does anybody have any Anison? And, and, and Brian was like, wait, you should say Anison? They still make that? Right. <laughs> like, Man, and then it didn't help boss none because at his regular day job, a customer asked for some medicine. He had to cut the mic off. It, it's over. <laughs> it's over. Look, man, like when she's asked that, I immediately was like, hope. <laughs> grabbed the mic and I had the button mashed. I'm like, because I started choking and laughing so hard. Because <laughs> immediately in my head, I'm thinking Zerko over there just like coaching her, just like ask for some Anderson. Just- <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain moments she's on the end of hello, hello, and I'm just like, one sick ma'am, we're having issues, and I'm just over here crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. I remember a time when I was working night shift. I told y'all about this. I don't, Scooter, I don't know if you told I told you about this. Mm-hmm. So this is when the Boondocks was still coming on TV. Actually, okay. I think he was in season two at this time. And I'm at work, night shift we buy ourselves in the office. You know, I got my laptop up. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Boondocks come back on? So I look on YouTube in that episode where uh, Tom was possessed by the ghost of Stink Meaner mm-hmm. was, uh, was on now. And of course, I got headphones on. And it had something that happened that I was not prepared for. And you talking about zerking out. Remember, I got headphones on. Nobody knows what I'm laughing at. I am in the office dying. It was when they brought Uncle Ruckus to come do the exorcism. <laughs> and I was so, like, ready. So, so to help your point, I just recently seen this episode like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it's still fresh in my mind. But the part I wasn't ready for was when uh, they had him tied to the bed and they was about to do the exorcism. And he said, yeah. uh, nah. And he said, nah, Robert, nah. Hit him with anything. 
use your power of hands. Let's whoop this ninja's ass. That wasn't part that was funny. The part was everybody repeat after me the holy praise. Ninja, get your black ass out of here. <laughs> I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that. I lost it, y'all. I lost it. I was not prepared. It came out of left field. I it was did. not ready. It did. Not, not, not ready. Dang. <laughs> All right, Zerk. So who you got for the future? The developer or developers of a massive multiplayer online RPG. Like in the future, like right now, it's keyboard and mouse. Mm-hmm. But in the future, are we in the game? I mean, it's the future. Oh, you know what's going to be awesome. Kind of yeah. You know, to where, okay, now we're playing World of Warcraft. We're going to fight a raid boss. You in there with a big goddamn dragon for real. Going there, be like, God damn, this joke is big. That would be so cool. And then, you know. I watched Sword Art Online. I passed. Yeah, and then next thing you know, you <laughs> come down and crush you, and you ain't ready for it. You do that jump like this here, falling out the ch- chain jump. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, look, man. And, yeah, uh, but like, like Scooter said, though, Sword Art Online, if you don't know what that is, either that or dot hack, which preceded yeah, that, Sword that's Art. That's a- it's a, these are anime shows where. Basically, they are called isekais, is their genre, where you get transported to another world, except the unfortunate shit that happened to the people in these shows, these are MMO games. They have to put on VR headsets and like gloves to join and view. And so when they put them on, in Sword Art Online's case, everybody gathered in the main square because there's supposed to be a presentation by the creator. When he comes on, he tells them, you are now locked in this world. If you try to remove your headset, it will microwave your brain. If you die in this game, you die in the real world because the headset will microwave your brain. You are stuck here and there is no way for you to get out. <laughs> and then he just leaves. And then some people don't believe him. <laughs> like, And then you see them die. And then it's on the news how all these people are stuck in this game. And it takes, I forget how long, I've I've seen the whole show, but I forget how long they were trapped in there. But eventually they get out. A couple of months. Like, I thought it was like up to a year. Like, but eventually. Kind of. Kind of. Like, there's a Netflix show called Alice in Borderlands where they get transported to this world and they have to. Uh, do these puzzle type games to keep surviving, but yeah. in here, like if if you were in this world, you could just do nothing. Like it yeah, was basically like an MMORPG. Yeah, like you could go out and adventure. Like, you could just be like, yeah, like everybody you met in this game was like a shopkeeper. Like these were real people. They they just opened up shops, ran hotels. Cause like who? Yeah, I'm not me. going out there with monsters to get killed. That's me. Like no, I'm staying in here where it's safe. Like I'll be here as long as it takes for somebody else to solve this problem. This dirt is beating dragons. I'm, I got a shop. You want some tea? <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, that was like, so I see Zerk's point. Like, 
But that would be the downside of it, because you know hackers exist, and somebody is gonna fuck some shit up for everybody else. <laughs> of course, you know. But I just want to deep out the and I can't log out. Mm. Oh, just stuck. That's all you had, sir. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, so I have two answers. One, um. I would love to see, uh, I would, I'm doing this in 10 year spurts. So I would love to see Mrs. Ladybug in 10 years. Oh, I see you, girl. <laughs> now, my second answer, uh, the person below me, to the right of me, and across from me, I would love to see y'all in ten years as well. Will we? Will we still be doing this as the ninjas? Will it blossom into something bigger and better? I would love to see what we doing in ten years. Are we playing those games with arthritic knees? <laughs> Look. In that time, look, I done replaced my knees with cybernetic parts. You know, hey, no. the nanos right here. The, the nano machines. Look, look, inject me, call me snake. That's it. Oh, <laughs> Let's not forget that I had in gaming the greatest check knees uh, moment. You did? Actually, yes. I had two. Yes. One I, the one I was thinking about was dying light. When it was nighttime, I just took off running. It jumped over that uh, railing and almost died. But the one that came to mind that y'all probably thinking about was that night we was playing Ark, and I leaned no. too far over the ledge. So, so <laughs> they Ark so funny because boss, oh, that was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of the greatest Ark moments came from Scooter. That's when we was all on that raft, and, you know, just chilling on the raft. You know, it's uh, kind of quiet, maybe casual conversation. Then Scoop come out of left field. Ooh, shit! That crocodile was coming up fast. But, <laughs> if y'all would, because you got to remember, Zerk, this was like within the first times of us playing this. Yes. So it didn't help. Boss was like, hey, y'all watch out for that water now. I'm like, what you mean? Watch out for the water. And I remember this one. Know, this was when I was staring through those mangrove swamps. And, and, and I think Aranya pointed out there was a Spinosaurus over here to, to the, the right. right. I'm watching yep. him. And then I'm like, so as I'm watching him, I'm still trying to, I'm still looking forward and to the left because I had Notice the crocodiles. <laughs> I'm just like, watch out for the water. And next thing you know, hey. oh shit. Because <laughs> it was quick. Something else that Scooter said had my cousin laughing. <laughs> it was, we, we uh ran into a T Rex. Boss Ooh. took off. I think I might have died. I'm not sure what happened. And then Scooter comes in, who is still alive? Right. 
Look, you know, hey, and I, I feel like after that, it was like, okay, Zerk spawned way over there at the pylon. It was like, all right, I'm going to go make sure he come in the right way. I went over there, and I can see him coming. And then he's like, oh, I see you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and I see that T-Rex, too, walking in. <laughs> That's, this is uh, Mrs. Ladybug's answer to the future question. <sighs> Scooter Ray and my yes. kids, biological or otherwise. Yes. Okay. Uh, I know we was talking about Ark and Aranya. If you get a little emotional, it's fine. But all of that would not have happened if it wasn't for the one Pyro. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah we miss our buddy. Yeah, we miss oh, Pyro. Man. Rest in peace. Hopefully, you building in that arc in, uh, arc in the sky. But right. none of that would not have been possible if it wasn't for Pyro because. It was the fact that we were introduced to that, and then it was just that all of those moments happened because, you know, the fact that Boston Aronia was like, hey, y'all want to play Ark? Zerk and I, <laughs> all right, we'll play it. Next thing you know, Zerk and I was just thrown into the just... The deep end. The deep end. <laughs> so, and because of Ark is where we got the term, get your clothes whooped off. Dressing corpses. Hey, like, shut up, fam. Um, shut up, fam. Hey, hey, why are you bringing up hey. Oh, but he can say foliage fighter, though. Huh? Right. I said, but he can say foliage fighter, though. Right. We can't wait for arc two. None of them. Yes. We can't wait for arc two. We I gonna be we on it. <laughs> Boss and I have been playing uh, just on the side. We've been playing uh, Genesis two. Oh yeah, yeah, you saying that then? We were just first of all. Let let me let me break it down. What happened? Okay. I was like, hey, they got a part two something. Boss goes, no, it don't come out yet. And I was like, but it's a part two something. I've been yeah. seeing videos, so we're like. Oh. Ooh, it's Genesis 2. We got the passes. We can do this. Mm-hmm. 16 hours later, we still going to download it and play today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the game didn't even try to automatically update it like it normally <laughs> does. No, nah, we sitting there downloading 60 gigabytes, and we just sitting there just like, come on, fam. You about, like this? You about to go get something to eat? Yeah, me too. We'll right. be back in an hour. Like we started to like we were gonna play Don't Starve at like eleven something. Yeah. And by the time PM roll around, we were like, we the downloads are done. Let's play art. <laughs> like, yeah. So it wasn't really like a planned thing. It was just kind of like, oh, we thought we would just jump on oh, and see okay. what's going on. And yeah, yeah. and, and we, we have not reconvened, but we will let everyone know when we reconvene because I've learned a lot because you know I'm the scout. I've learned a lot uh, about what we didn't know and how stupid we are. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, uh, this, this this map is the last map for Arc One, and it is the largest they've ever created. And like and when I like, mean large, we we flew across it, and it takes you forever to fly across. And that's it. not even all the map. Mm. Apparently, we, there's right. a lunar section, there's an ocean section, underground ocean. There's a whole nother side that you have to get to. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know. We just sitting up here punching stuff, 
looking at the spinos, you can fly in these when you first start. Yeah, they give they start you with Iron Man suits that let you yeah. fly. So really? you know, yeah, like and they yeah, get it gives you a Captain Falcon it. rocket punch that kills almost yeah. anything smaller than you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can but aim you it while in the air or on the ground. But yeah, man. You gotta learn how to fly. It's it's insane. And flight Blood is, is insane. reactivated. <laughs> like, yeah, the flight is infinite. There's no power, no battery. Yeah. You gotta recharge. Once you're in the air, you're up there. There's yeah. no coming down to recharge. You can stay up there forever. So yeah, yeah man. you gotta learn how to balance coming down. And flying because we were real off at first, and he almost drowned. It was a lot. It was a lot. You still, was like, oh. huh? still had that tethering issue? No. You know what? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Because remember, it was yeah, your it world, and I was like, wait. Because, and, yeah. But they have a lot of new animals. Like a lot. The Dugbill yeah. platypus is Fun. one that we want to. Dead. Huh? <laughs> it's, important. it's an important animal though uh, once I saw all that it could do I was like why have we not changed this but there's a lot to kill there's a lot to kill hopefully with arc 2 we can square up better with some of these uh, monsters because with some of the larger ones you get whooped immediately you never oh, yeah. get yeah. like yeah. <laughs> the combat so we can fight better like look if I invest time and to strengthen in my character, I want to whoop somebody's behind. Yes. You know, I don't want to be investing this time and still getting my behind handed to me and I got broken bones, naked, and dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But you know what? We didn't die, did we, boss? No, we didn't. Because we didn't well, up. You did, like, initially when we joined, like, because you got stuck on uh -oh. something. Yeah, yeah but, remember uh, my thing wouldn't move. My something was wrong with yeah, the game. Yeah, you couldn't move for whatever move. reason. And so I got it up. And, but no, nah, we didn't die in anything because if like something was gonna kill us, we were just like, you know what, fly away. And we did. Yeah. But that rocket yeah, punch. Y'all remember the ones that spit like the lot the Dilophosaurus little the little mm -hmm. spitters? Mm -hmm. You rocket punched them one time in the face. <laughs> they is done. They is crumpled. <laughs> So it's easy to get meat. Now we didn't beat up those T Rexes. Looks like we might have to make a return to Ark pretty soon on stream. Look, yeah. hey, we like can like, We haven't explored nothing on this map. Nothing. We don't know nothing. anything. We are so failures. Boston, I, Boston, I tested it. I can make a world. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like it's a lot. So when I started watching Syntax. Like, I was like, we suck. Okay, like, this is it? Like, wait, where are we going? And I'm immediately hitting up boss like, dude, dude, bro. Like, this is humiliating. <laughs> like, for real, for real. So it is a very large map, and it travels through space. So at different times, yes. the lunar outside is different. Hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's, there's um, some kind of dolphin that's outside that flies, and they will attack you in a swarm. And I was like, but I like dolphins. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of things going on in this one. And there are missions that you do. Uh, we have not successfully done any missions. 
Okay. No, like we there. Yeah, there's missions in the game now. Like you go to these nodes that look like buttons on the ground, and you activate a mission. We I chose the easiest one. We went in there and got whooped by some rainbow lizards immediately. <laughs> immediately, like and it was. A, you know what? <laughs> we never would the easiest is, one. Huh. But, so we we like, we, we were, were never putting spears and we just like swack and the spears are like we break. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was humiliating. So it was Yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't exciting, but they, we technically didn't select the easiest one because just like in GTA, how you can go and you can do like different types of missions, it's and, like that. And some of those are just as simple as you know, collecting all the rings. Cause like I said, I watched Intact and I was like, oh, now there is a few of them where you go like this. Nah, bro, mm -mm. I, can I sit out? Some of them are more difficult, but some of them are as simple as navigating down a river in a raft, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of selecting those, but eventually you have to get them in order to conquer a certain thing that we're not gonna mention right now because we want everybody to be surprised to watch the stream. Okay, bet. All right, with that being said, boss, who you got for the future, uh, good sir? So for mine, I, I'm going to knock out, I have a, a couple in uh, fictional and then some in non-fictional. So I'm going to knock out the fictional ones first. Number one would be uh, the doctor, uh, as previously stated from the last podcast, from the last episode of the podcast, because I want to go on adventures in space and time. Uh, just to keep that one quick and simple, because if you were here in the last one, you know why. Uh, second fictional character is my boy, Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Ooh. Captain Mal, the brown coat captain of the Firefly. I would like okay. to anybody who has seen Serenity and Firefly. Dude, just a dope ass captain. I would just like, you know what? Let's go get a drink. Let's hang out. Let's 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 just go have fun. Cause well, Captain you Miles, want to be the captain of this ship? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, Remember, he asked him, "You want to be the captain yeah. of this ship?" Yes. And you're like, well, yes, I do. Well, you can't. <laughs> but you know, Captain Mal is just dope. Like, man, I would just, like, love to meet him. Second, and for uh, those are just the ones for fictional. For non-fictional, uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to meet my future self in 50 years, just to see what I've been up to. Um, or my future children, if I have any. Um, son, daughter, don't really care. You know, like, you know, like, what was I like? Uh, did I do okay? Uh, you know, and uh, this this last one goes back to Aranya. Well, kind of, well, these last two go back to Aranya's. Um, I'd like to meet some of the humans that colonize planets in the future. Like and like, and I don't mean like colonize. I mean the ones that have like generations after the colonization. Like, what is humanity like at this point in time? Like, what of our some of our accomplishments besides space travel and colonization of other planets? Like, what have we done? 
you know, and then I'd like to meet the first friendly alien, not the first alien because you got to specify. I've seen Wishmaster. You're not going to catch me up and get embryos in my chest. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The first friendly alien friendly. that does not want to kill us. Yeah. First contact that it's does like, not oh, want to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and I mean, like, sentient, intelligent alien species. I don't want to go to a planet and meet the Komodo dragon of Neptune or whatever the fuck, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. Like, it'd be like, you know, It'd be all friendly at first until it sees I bleed. And it's like, what does it taste like? Ooh. Precious. No, no, <laughs> exactly. No, no. <laughs> and then you're living on art. No, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, those would be like the ones I want to meet in the future, you know, like humanity after we've conquered the stars and, uh, and in my future self and my uh, future spawn, if you will, like, you know, just to see how I did, basically. Okay. Well, like I told you before, people, different answers and vastly, vastly different answers, actually. And uh, shouts out to Aranga's dad. Um, this was a Mr. great Bruce. fucking topic. Tell him to stay away from oil. Wait, wait, stay away from what? <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> can I say on stream? No. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> stream. We got story time. But uh, thank y'all for coming out, rocking with the ninjas, you know, for this super-sized episode of Ninja Banter, which, yeah. I mean, yes. It was a thoroughly entertaining episode. If you wasn't entertained, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I said it. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, boss, you have any parting words before we head out? Uh, yeah. Uh, y'all be safe. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's hey. Day to the dads out there. Um, uh, don't sell no babies unless it's lucrative for you, because everybody need money. If you can get that guap, get that guap. But uh, other than that, y'all be cool. That's it for me. Mariah, any parting words? Thank you, Daddy, for this topic. You're amazing. You're my hero. And I love you. And happy Father's Day. And Elon Musk, if you see this, hit me up. I want to talk. I need a job. <laughs> what you, what, you got work? <laughs> Zerk, what you, any parting words? To... Black delegation of geeks, gamers, and nerds come out of the shadows. That's it. Yes. Uh, for myself, happy Father's Day to the fathers. Happy Juneteenth. Uh, something but uh, Zerk just said for you, black wrestling fans. We here, baby. We out you. Mm-hmm. We are out here. And with that being said, we as the Lesson Stealthy Ninjas will bid y'all adieu. And because it's holiday weekend, weekend, to the weed smokers for the holiday weekend, smoke regular weed. Don't ask for no no chronic, no loud, no gas, no dealer. No no bath salts. Stay, stay, yeah. just stick to yeah. weed in general. That's still a stick, thing. Just stick to your regular dealer. <laughs> okay. And get the regular stuff. 
Don't yeah, listen don't to him. Never, y'all don't put nothing past Florida. Reggie. At the end of the day, us as the Lesson Stealthy Ninjas, we just want to make our village proud. And until yeah. next time, peace. What's Reggie? Peace. <laughs>